Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. We thought it would be fun to kind of kick it off. Uh, Let's just jump right in today with a family that's not a traditional family, a blended family, a family that has experienced what Josh sang about just a moment ago, a family who's experienced ruins, a family who has lived that song. I think oftentimes when we hear those worship songs on Sunday mornings, some of us can listen to those and know that we've, we've lived them. But here's the thing, before you dismiss this week because you're not a part of a blended family, I want you to stick with us this morning because blended families really are a part of all of us. Blended families, as we're going to talk about today, are families that are made up of members who are not biological members. So you probably know some of those people. You know someone who's been divorced, someone who's been widowed. Maybe you're a foster parent. You've adopted children. All of those are blended families. And today, Aaron and I really just want to talk about how we've navigated the complexities of those relationships. Aaron and I, tomorrow, will have been married for three whole months. Thank you, thank you. So we are marriage experts now, not really. (laughs) Uh, We're just beginning the journey. We have no idea what we're doing. In fact, somebody asked me this week, um, they had a question about navigating discipline as a blended family, and I said, Heck, I don't know. I don't know. I I guess do the best you can. That's what we're doing. Uh, But hopefully today... So we're going to encourage y'all a lot. Yeah, so today's a day of encouragement. Um, So what we're going to try to do is to share our experience um, and then also stand on God's Word and what God's Word has to say. That's really what we have to point back to. The Brady Bunch was uh, really the first TV show to ever show a blended family, but the thing is it wasn't a huge hit when it came out in the 70s. In fact, It uh, wasn't a hit until it came back into syndication much later. In fact, in 2002, as late as 2002, there was another Brady Bunch movie that came out. So the uh, creator of the Brady Bunch, his name was Sherwood Schwartz, and uh, he was asked, why is it more popular now than when it first came out? And here's what he had to say. He said, my idea for the sitcom was to show a blended family, but there weren't many in the early 70s, which is true. But starting in the 80s, remarriage became the norm, and so seeing a blended family with its challenges made the Bradys a hit. My idea was just a little before its time, and he's got a point. One of those change agents in a blended family is the fact that there's a high divorce rate. In fact, Uh, The divorce rate still hovers around 50%, but there's good news. The good news is it's actually dropped over the last few years to around 45%, so that's good. But remarriages, get this, this is crazy to me, make up 46% of every wedding in America is a remarriage. Um, And divorce among remarriages, unfortunately, goes up to 60%. Researchers at the University of Wisconsin predicted that those who remarry a second divorce rate closer to 70%. And a huge part of that is, we believe, and people much smarter than us believe that that's because of the challenges of a step family, of a blended family. 40% of every married couple that you see in the United States 
are step couples. Only 60% are not, which is, uh, again, crazy to me. Today, uh, our goal really is to begin this conversation at this church. I, um, I had no idea the need of a conversation around the blended family until I became a part of one. When you're on staff at a church, you see lots of things through the perspective that you bring to the table. And so now that I bring a different perspective, hopefully we're going to kick off this conversation today, but even develop a series around the blended family. There's so much to talk about there to develop a growth group around the blended family. In fact, I had I mentioned this first service, and we have a couple of people who are wanting to come over to see it, but uh, Aaron and I are going to be a part of viewing a, um, uh, I guess, a simulcast of a blended family, a Christian blended family conference on April 2nd. We're just going to stream it at the house, and we're just going to watch it together. So if any of you would like to join, come on over, see me about that. We'd love to have you for real. We're really wanting to champion these families and come alongside uh, of you as a blended family, and you come alongside of us and us really... Uh, navigate this together. Aaron and I um, plan this morning to be as vulnerable as possible. We do want to let you know uh, that our goal this morning is to protect our children, and uh, we also want to protect their biological father. We want to protect their family, uh, but we also want to be real, and we want to be honest. So what we're going to talk about today is probably um, going to bring some tears. It's going to be real. It's going to be raw. Um, and uh, it's not going to be one of those easy messages. It's going to be more of a conversation. So uh, I'm going to let Aaron start, and uh, we're going to take a deep breath and start from the beginning. So I want you all to understand that remarriage was not an easy thing for me as far as um, walking into it, into it very lightly. Um, whenever I would talk to my girlfriends during my you know, when I was separated or when I was divorced about being remarried. I was like, you know, if I get remarried, this is, you know, how it's going to look. And I've got this long list of qualifications and it's pretty extensive list. And that was my way, I think, of just saying to the Lord, okay, so just so you know, like, this is what my requirements are. Um, And because you know, with the children involved, I wanted to make sure that I did not enter in the, into that lightly because not just of the heartache that I had went through and the heartbreak, but for them as well. Um, so it's also important for you guys to know that my personality is such that um, I, w- I felt like I would need to kind of be familiar with this person, you know, know their family, know where they came from, know that I could trust them with my children, those kinds of things. So, you know, when you start looking at a list and the age group that I'm in, it's like, well, I'm probably going to just be by myself. Um, (laughs) But also... um, But then there's this single man. Yeah, but it is very interesting how I knew, I want y'all to know, I knew David in a previous life. Um, We had known each other for over 10 years, um, not knowing each other as in sitting down and having a conversation, but knowing of each other. Our lives cross paths in so many very unique ways. Um, But as far as like having conversation, we were friends on Facebook, um, occasionally seeing posts and pictures of each other as far as like, you know, just interacting in that capacity. Um, It's just, it's so funny sometimes how I think about the Lord just kind of started putting our story together even when we didn't even know mm-hmm. it's crazy. that it was a story to be told. Um, so 
In 2018, my divorce was final. I, was, I found myself in the Starbucks at Ingalls, as I did a lot during those days, because I was just surviving on coffee and Jesus. And um, I was waiting for my coffee, and I saw this handsome fellow walk in. And Who in was that? <laughs> I, I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh, well, hey there, handsome fellow. Um, so he walks up to the counter, and, but I didn't know who he was. He walks up to the counter, and he is talking to the girl at the counter. And I was like, I know that voice. I've heard that voice before. Well, he recognized me, but I didn't recognize him because I had not seen him since he had lost his weight. And so he walked up to me, and he started talking to me. And in those days... I would see somebody that I knew. I grew up in Greer, so I know everybody. If they knew me, they would start talking, and immediately I was like, oh, I can't deal with the questions. I don't want the questions. i got to get out of the situation. So that's exactly what my mind went to. Well, he's being very kind and talking to me, and finally I was like, I know you, but... And so, you know, we kind of carried on that conversation. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Then my coffee was ready. I was so glad. I was like, oh, coffee see you, bye. And I was out the door because during those times, I did not want to have a conversation about any of the things. So meanwhile, I had no idea you were divorced. I thought you were still married. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was just being nice. He was just being nice. (laughs) Just getting his coffee. I wasn't flirting or nothing. (laughs) So another year passed and David messaged me on Facebook. I was reading a book. I still wasn't flirting or nothing. (laughs) That was just a pickup line. I really wasn't. Um, I was reading a book. He just happened to be reading the same book. He messaged me, noticed by some of my posts and things that clearly I was struggling with something. And um, so really was just an encouragement and to say, hey, it's a great book, yada, yada, yada. And um, so long story short... I mean, I was just a single mom living my life, and David messaged me. We had conversation. I shared with him, you know, that I was divorced and that I was a single mom because in my hopes I was hoping to scare him away if he was even the re- remotely interested because during those days I was like, oh, no, I don't know. Well, he asked me to coffee, and um, it was amazing to me that during that time God just had bigger plans. Aaron says he asked me to coffee like four times and then finally asked me on a real day. <laughs> That's why I was laughing. Go ahead. So we, um, <laughs> we officially began dating. She shut that down real quick. Did y'all notice? <laughs> we officially began dating in 2020 um, of February. It was important to me when we started dating that um, I not expose the kids to David until I knew that it was something that was more and serious. Um, they had been so through so much um, that I just wanted to keep that close to me. Um, so when we did officially start dating, we had lots of conversations. We went, we had our first little outing, um, just the four of us, to the zoo in July. It was hot as everything. It was. But we had fun. And there were lots of conversations centered around me and David talking to the kids about what dating looked like, how they felt, what that meant to them. That also brought lots of tears, lots of hard questions, lots of conversations that were dealing with their grief. Um, But I think it was very important that we do that so that they knew that they had a voice, so that they knew that they mattered too. Um, But also just to kind of get it all out there because that was a good moving forward point for all of us. Um, Once I knew that um, 
things were serious as far as marriage was concerned. Um, that again came with a series of conversations, making sure that the kids knew what that meant, what that looked like. And um, kids are smarter than you think they are. Like they know things and they're also not afraid to ask you the hard questions. So I want to let you know that when you start going through that process, like don't be surprised by the questions that they ask you. Also, if you think that you've got the answers to the questions that they're gonna ask, you probably don't. But I found myself, and David found himself, like, literally praying about it and doing the best that we could. And there were times where I couldn't answer all the questions. And kids want you to be honest with them, too. Be like, you know what? I don't know how this is going to go. Like, we've prayed about it. We feel like this is what the Lord is leading us to do. He's knit together this whole story. So we are going to go forward, and we're going to make sure that we talk to you about it every step of the way. There were lots of tears, lots of moments where I really was like, oh, this is so hard. We still cry a lot. We do. We really do. I mean, I was just crying last night. <laughs> um, but, it's, but it's so cool how God Come on. just orchestrates all of these things when you don't even know it. And even though it's hard, he's setting something up that's so beautiful. And so I just want to encourage you that if you do have kids, don't dismiss the way that they feel. Don't dismiss the questions because they're too hard. Don't dismiss it because it feels hard. Um, God's working in the midst of all of it, and it's just so cool to be on this side of it now and see um, what he was doing. So we got engaged April of 2021 and got married in November of 2021. There's the engagement. Yes. That was you when you were shocked. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we did go, um, he took me back to Stomping Grounds where we first met. That was the place the where engagement. we had our first intense conversation about yep. whether I really wanted to do this or not. I remember Aaron looking at me in Stomping Grounds and saying, if this is going to become something, that was after I told you mm -hmm. I loved you for the first time and uh, she wanted to meet with me and um, she said, if this is really going to be a real thing, then I want you to know that it, it's not going to be easy, yep. that there's two <laughs> kids and me, and we've experienced a lot of pain, and you have a good, easy, calm life by yourself right now, and do you want to take that on? And clearly I said yes, because I think there's some <laughs> marriage pictures there, and uh, like I said, we've been married um, for three months tomorrow, yeah. so... So that's good. Did, I, did they have those marriage pictures? Or are we already shown them maybe? Anyway. So, yeah. um, so I want to talk about a couple of things um, that uh, I would like for you to kind of think about uh, if you're thinking about remarriage or uh, starting your blended family. So let's start with the first one, um, and that is just to be perceptive. The thing that I think you have to understand is that uh, being a part of a blended family is a challenge a challenge that you have no idea about unless you begin to embark on one. Uh, blended families vary greatly. Some have children with just one spouse, so they only involve one household. For example, if the biological parents have died, other 
bonus families, step families, have yours, mine, and ours children. Those factors plus the age of the children, the attitude of the other parent, the expectation of the bonus parent, all of those present unique challenges. As Aaron already mentioned, our family's made up of Aaron's two kids, and I don't have any children, so that makes life a little bit simpler for us. And what also makes life simpler for us is the fact that uh, Aaron has two amazing kids, uh, Pate and Lily Beth have been so transient, so willing to do whatever, so willing to admit that they're struggling to look at me eyeball to eyeball and say, I don't like the way this feels. Um, and because of that, it's made our transition a lot better. They've done their best to include me. There's the pictures. Yeah. Even in those moments when, um, even in those moments when they'd probably rather not. And, uh, but that doesn't mean for us that there's not some battles. It is a difficult journey. And I think for lots of families who are embarking on being blended, there's these moments of wondering, what have I done? What is this about? And for us, divorce really isn't an option. It's uh, we've committed to each other. And so on those days when I feel included and on those days when I don't feel included, we're still committed to one another. And uh, the thing is, any marriage, any remarriage, is going to take commitment to stick it out day to day. Good times or tough times, I'm there, not going anywhere. Divorce isn't an option. That's why uh, in the Bible you read things like um, Colossians 3.12. So as those have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And 1 Corinthians 13.7 says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things, and I've circled endures all things because there are things that we have to endure, and if that's what love requires for us, then that's just what it's going to be. The good news is that God wants our family to be a success. He put it together. He wants us to succeed. So the first thing that I would say if you're navigating how to get this started is to first of all be perceptive. You want to take the second one? Yeah, and then also being patient. You have to be patient with yourself. You have to be patient with your spouse. You have to be patient with your kids. You also have to be patient with your extended family. Um, you know, there's not just the parents that are involved and the kids that are involved, but there's also grandparents. Something that I've told my kids, I'm like, listen, you've got two more people and more uncles and aunts and cousins that love you. Like, some kids don't even have one or two, but you've got this whole unit of people. But within all of that, there's so many emotions and feelings, and you just have to be patient with each other. Um, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, a thousand-mile journey starts with just one step. And slow and steady does win the race. Being slow and intentional about all of these things is so so important. I mean, a good thing for David and I, we're slow moving people anyway, as far as like the whole process is concerned. But I have seen, you know, friends and people that they speed up the process and then they all kind of turn around looking at each other like, oh, what, what in the world? Yeah. And I mean, we do that and we have went through it slowly. Um, fast families can, can be accomplished in four years if they are intentional and the kids are young. But typically speaking, a blended family takes about nine years for everybody to finally settle in and feel, quote, normal again. So we're three months in. Woohoo! <laughs> so we only got like 
eight more years than I nine mean, months. You know, and by the time be, Pate goes to college, we got this down. <laughs> we'll be old and gray, but we'll be blended. <laughs> we won't be able to do anything, but <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but I think it's important to just you know that's a, a realizing that this takes time, and being patient is not easy. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for David. It's not easy for the kids, but it's something that we've just got to daily, like daily take one step at a time towards whatever that victory looks like for us. Um, I remember I have to be patient with myself because through the journey, through the divorce, um, I I felt less than. I felt empty. I felt ashamed. Um... I felt used. Um, And that was a a place for me when I had to realize that I was not second class and that God could still use my story. He could still use the kids' story. Um, And it was hard because the circumstances I tried to reconcile, and that wasn't going to be an option. And I knew what the Bible said about divorce, and I didn't want to be that person. So Jesus and I just kind of had to fight about it, hash it out, cry, pray. And I remember saying, Lord, I just need you to release me so I can feel peaceful about this and moving forward. And he did. Um... And so with that, I dated some people. They did not make the mark because obviously I told you I had a, <laughs> an extensive list. Um, but there's something that I want to just insert here. Ladies, I want you to understand that when you go through something like this or even something that you did cause, whatever the situation is, you do not have to be second best for somebody else. If you feel like you're going to enter into a relationship and be second best, then my advice to you is to be alone. Um, You do not deserve to feel like you're second class. Um, So don't put yourself in that position. Don't accept anything less than God's best. Um, But I had kind of settled into being a single mom. Um, I dated these jokers, if you will, and decided I'll just be alone. I I like myself. Um, The kids and I were thriving as a little family of three, and we were doing good. Um, Also, thinking about that, like, it kept the wrist down. It protected me. It protected my kids. Um, It kept me comfortable, and it kept me from being disappointed again. But then along came David. When we met for coffee that first time, I knew that there was something different about him. Um, I remember the Lord just speaking to me that first time, and he has been, even been surprised when I told him this when we were dating, that like, I knew that it was going to be something. I didn't know what that something was, but I knew it was something. And um, I, I knew that the Lord was going to have to have somebody special to walk into this because of all of the grief and heartache um, and he could not have, the Lord could not have better orchestrated somebody for us than David. I trust him. I trust him with my kids. I trust him with my heart. I trust him with their heart. 
He prays for me even when I don't know that I need to be prayed for. He prays with me. He truly does seek after God's heart. So, through continued work with the Holy Spirit, um, I learned that broken things can be used. Mm. And sometimes the bigger the break you have, the bigger the platform. Um, And I'm so thankful for that. And I want to encourage you that if you've been through anything, whatever side of it you have been in or on, that God has something for you that's so much bigger and so much better than you could ever imagine. And do not settle for something less than that. Um, There are a lot of blended families in the Bible, and I thought this was very interesting. Um, Abraham had two kids from two different wives and threw one of them out into the wilderness. Jacob had 12 boys from different wives, and there was jealousy, hatred, and even kidnapping. David, not this one, (laughs) the biblical David, had numerous children throughout different marriages, and that step family experienced distrust, hatred, rape, murder, and even Jesus was in a blended family. So God can use blended families to do amazing things. Um, And I want you to hear this, that there's so many resources out there. That's something that David and I, we just searched out ways to help us to navigate through this better. Um, There's so many resources. We would love to be a resource for you. Not that we've got it all figured out, but sometimes I've felt through this whole process, and so has David, like, if we just have somebody that just understands. Like if somebody could just look at you and say, I know how you feel, and it's going to get better, or it's going to get worse. I mean, just tell me. Yeah. I really don't care. I just need to know somebody understand. Right. Like just be prepared for this. Be prepared for that. Not that you've got it all figured out. And so know that there are resources out there. Um, And because this is a demographic that is growing, um, there's a need for us to just be community together. So let me um, jump to, um, for those who are in the room who who may not have quite a perspective of of how it feels to be a part of a blended family. Let me try to help you with this because this is really a an analogy that uh, Aaron and I heard on a podcast, and I thought it was amazing, so I just want to share it with you. I want you to imagine for just a minute that, uh, that there is this pool, and it's a beautiful summer day, and inside of this pool, the lady that you love so much is in there. She's beautiful. She's amazing. You want to give your heart to her. And also in the pool, there's her two children, and they're playing together, they're swimming, they're having a great time. I walk up to the pool and I want to get into the pool. But to get into the pool means that I leave my easy life and to get in the pool means that the hurt and the pain that's in the pool is going to splash onto me and I have a choice to make. And the smartest choice is probably not to get into the pool. In this pool, there's not only the kids and Aaron, but there's also the kid's father who is in the pool. And the reason he's in the pool, the hypothetical pool, is because he's their dad. And so they love being with him. It's fun in this pool. Mom's in the pool, dad's in the pool, dad's got one of the kids on his shoulders. They're having a great time. The only thing is mom and dad can't be married anymore. 
And this man is coming to marry this lady. One of the kids in the pool says, hey, David, jump in. It's fun in here. The other one would prefer I not be in there at all. In fact, what the other one wants in this hypothetical pool is really for it to be mom, dad, and us again. And so there's moments when I can jump in the pool, and then there's other moments when I can dip my foot in the pool. There's moments pool and then I'm ignored, and there's other moments when it's fun having me in the pool. And that's nobody's fault. It's not my fault. It's not their mom's fault. It's not their dad's fault. It's not even their fault. It's the pain of loss. It's grief. It's longing for what could have been. The thing that I've learned is that biology does rule and a biological parent has to champion the step-parent. Erin talks to the kids about their relationship with me. She allows me to use lots of we terms in our house. We want to. David and I have. We make sure that we use those terms so it's not just mom in charge, but she brings me into that. She champions me. There's lots about this that we can't control, but there are a few things that we can control, and one of those is how we are a united front with each other and one of those other things is that we work to make marriage a priority. Healthy families are those where the spouse comes first. The truth is that one day the kids are going to grow up and they're going to move out. And it's going to be me and Aaron. So my thought process is let's be sure that we concentrate on our marriage. Matthew 19, 4 through 6 says, And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? He said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Aaron and I are together until the end. The kids will one day move and have lives of their own. So marriage has to come first. And for someone who has put her kids first prior to our marriage, during the divorce and the separation time. That's a transition that Aaron's had to experience. It's putting me first instead of them, and it's something that they've had to adjust to, the fact that David does come first now. And so what we do, what I do, is those little things. Aaron Pearson is not going to open a door if I'm nearby because she deserves to have the door open for her. She's not going to hold an umbrella. It drives me crazy. By the way, if you're a guy in the room, please hold the umbrella for your girl and walk on the sidewalk closest to the road. This is a public service announcement. I don't know why I'm going. I just want to help you. Listen, if, you, if you're a man, you walk closest to the cars. She goes on the other side. Okay. So anyway, uh, love notes, letting her know that she's valuable. Here's the deal for real. If you are dating or married or interested in someone who has been married before, we are going to have to put forth double, triple effort because someone who has been through pain needs to be reminded 
needs to be reminded over and over again that they're special and that they're valuable and that I'm not going anywhere. You can't push me away. The kids can't push me away. No one can make me go anywhere. I'm there. We have date nights. I've told Aaron those are non-negotiable. Whether it's Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, it's going to be just the two of us, no kids, and we're going to look in each other's eyes and we're going to have conversation. I'm going to let her know that she's important. We want the kids to know. We gross them out. I mean, Pay can't stand it. We, we make them sick because we're going to kiss and we're going to hold hands. In fact, Lily Beth now does this thing where she'll tell me that I, I am not going to get mommy's kisses. And then she starts getting kisses from her, so I have to push her out of the way so I can get mine. We have fun with it. We're affectionate with each other um, because I want the kids to see that their mom is the most beautiful person that I've ever seen. And, and she's my whole world. And I want them to see that and uh, to know that. So we work on making marriage a priority. And then I also had to realize that children who are in blended families, trees. What I mean by that is blended family uh, divorce doesn't end family life, but it does reorganize it. When the kids are with us, there are different rules than when they're with their dad. Social norms are different. The way I interact with them is different, and they have to adjust with that every week when they come back home. The way that I engage them is different than how their dad engages them. We have routine at our house. A morning routine works a certain way. Evening routine works a certain way. But at their dad's house, we don't know what that routine is. I'm sure there is one that's much different than the one that's at our house. Again, those have to be reset. So I try to put myself in the mindset of Peyton Lily Beth. And if I were transitioning that every week with different social norms and different rules, how in the world do you know who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do? So it requires patience. And we have to approach every conversation, every discipline, every interaction with the context of talk who live in two different countries. So when Aaron and I speak to the kids about anything, we approach it from, I don't know what they bring to the table in this moment because I don't know what's going on in the other country. We have to approach our lives like that on a regular basis. It's not their fault. They didn't cause themselves to have to live in two countries. They didn't choose to live in those two countries, but they do. And we all have to live with that fact. And two, just helping to help the bonus parent win, setting them up for success. Um, ineffective bonus parents expect too much of themselves, but effective bonus parents grow into their role. So slow and steady does win the race. Ineffective bonus parents make becoming an insider their goal, but effective bonus parents enjoy the relationship they have now, just being in the moment. You know, if the kids do want to be in the pool with him, like, be in the pool with them and be all in. But if they need a moment because they just came back to be quiet and be with themselves, then allow them that space to do that and know that it's not something against him. And it's so hard because you literally have to take every ounce of pride and every ounce of selfishness. And lots of days, it's like a moment by moment thing. Like I can do good for about an hour and then one of them will say something or do something that does hurt my feeling. They don't mean to. It's just the way that it is. And then I have to back up and say, but 
It's no one's fault. No one doesn't like me in this moment. We're just all adjusting. Yeah. Um, Ineffective bonus parents attempting punishment before having relationship. Effective bonus parents gradually move into disciplinary roles. And that's something that, you know, it is kind of funny because whenever I was a single mom, I was the all the things. And so whenever we got married, I was like, oh, yay, I don't have to be the bad guy all the time anymore. But I kind of do <laughs> because they're still learning to trust him. And I think it's beneficial for the kids to see me discipline them, but then David to have my back on that so that they understand that we are, we've got each other's back, that we're a team. And that's something that I want to stress to you is making sure that you do have each other's backs, no matter what the situation is, because, you know, kids will try to, you know, take advantage and, you know, that's just their sin nature. And so you've got to make sure that you're all on the same page so that they see a united front. Um, We've had to have some little family moments, if you will, where we all just get in a room and hash it out and there's tears and it's ugly and it's messy and there's snot everywhere. Except for Lily Beth, she's the one that's going, it's all going to be okay, everybody's <laughs> she's fine. She's the adult. In yeah, situation. and the three of us, we're just crying and stuff. But it's, it's in those moments that you just really just like bear all the things so that you can get to the next point. And this blending, there's one of the um, Family Life Blended, they call it um, life in a blender. You know, you just throw all the stuff and you just, that's what it feels like some days where you are just, everybody's just everywhere and it's just a big hot mess and you're just looking up to Jesus going, please just let us survive. But it's in those moments that you realize this is the stuff where the rubber hits the road and you move forward. And we've had some of those moments, and it's been like a turning point, I feel like, in where we're going um, and in the relationship just all together. Um, You're not going to be able to take the pain away, but pushing through it is going to be the best way to literally get to the other side. And then committing to modeling and teaching faithfulness. Um, Faithfulness to, you know, like my yes is yes and my no is no. Um, Faithfulness to, I love the Lord, and what I say is what I mean. That's something that I love about David is he'll tell the kids, did I, did I promise you I was going to do that? And they'll go, yes, well, I keep my promises. And that's the way that you model that faithfulness, um, your commitment to the Lord. You know, it'd be so easy through all of this, um, whenever I was going through all of the, the horrible things of living through the trauma, I could have went another direction and probably found things that would have given me comfort, but it would have been comfort that was going to go away soon. And I just decided, you know what, I cannot allow myself to go there. I've got to cling so closely to the Lord because I know that he has something better for me. This is not my story. This is not what he wanted for me. So I'm going to hang on. And during that time, y'all, the Lord gave me so many amazing nuggets. I led my son to the Lord during that time of being by myself with the kids. What? I remember leading him in the sinner's prayer, and after that, just being like, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for that one moment that I had to say, Aaron, you're doing a good job, and you love me, and I'm going to honor what you're doing. I promise. Just hang on. (laughs) 
the moments and the nights in Lily Beth's room where I was rocking my baby to sleep, singing and praying, the Lord knew, he saw, and he had all of this, all of this taken care of. He gave me a group of ladies, single ladies, we call ourselves the girl gang, that all of us were single in different stages of life, but we all needed each other. And the way that story came about is crazy within itself. But God does that, y'all. He does those things. Leading me to this church where I could come as broken as broken could be with my sweet babies and their brokenness. And y'all would just love on us and care for us and encourage us. That is the way that you model faithfulness. That is the way you model commitment through so many hard things. And he blesses. He also says that, you know what, your kids don't have to be a victim to their circumstances either. Like, my kids don't have to walk around and be like, I'm from a broken home. He's going to use that. I don't know how he's going to use it, but I know these kids that he has given me, they are amazing. And he has amazing stories for them. So don't discount yourself if you are in that situation. Do not discount your children if they're in that situation. Because... God has knit together such a beautiful story for us. And the fact that we have a platform now to share with other people and help you guys and encourage you guys in whatever it is that you're going through. I think that um, it is harder for blended families to navigate marriage because of all the heartbreak and all of the the stuff that we carry with us. But it's not impossible. Um, And I think David and I have just committed to being like, no matter what, we're going to do this, um, and we're going we're gonna to be okay. And we have lots of conversations, and uh, we have conversations on how we're going to fight through this. We're going to persevere. We're not going to give up. And in a real family, you don't give up when things get hard. You fight for one another, and That's exactly what Jesus did for us. He didn't give up on us just because we make mistakes. Just because we fail doesn't mean that we're useless, that we're not usable anymore. In fact, Scripture says in Galatians 4.4, when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Jesus came and lived a perfect life. He died not because he deserved it, but because we deserved punishment. Instead of us receiving that punishment, he took it and adopted us into his family. So maybe you're here this morning and it's time for you to be adopted into this family of God. If you're in this room, if you would bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to just lead you through not a magic prayer, but Really just a prayer to ask his forgiveness and to receive him into your life this morning. So maybe pray something like this. Jesus, I uh, am sorry. I know that I make mistakes. I know that I do things that I shouldn't do and say things I shouldn't say and think things I shouldn't think. And I ask you to forgive me of those things and take me in. to make me whole. And if you prayed that prayer in just this very moment, 
You're a part of his family. And everything you've ever done and ever will do has been forgiven. It's gone. There's some of us in this room who are hurting this morning. You're looking up on this stage and you're seeing two people who fell in love and got married. Your life doesn't look like that. This morning, I want you to know that in front of you are two people with our pain, without perfection. And I want to pray specifically for you today. God, pain is a part of living. It's a part of life. Because of you, we can also experience restoration. We can be made new. So this morning, I pray for the people in front of me who are broken and hurting and in the middle of pain. God, would you remind them of your goodness and your faithfulness? Would you remind them that there is nothing special about Aaron and David, and if you'll do it for them, you'll do it for us too. And so would you speak into their hearts let them know that you're there that unlike people you don't abandon us you're with us no matter what and we thank you for that in Jesus name Amen as a I look back over the last few months and I guess the last couple of years of getting ready to form a blended family. I am thankful for the scars that the scars that Aaron has. The scars that God can take and do what only he can do and make something brand new. You know, I've told Aaron before she wouldn't have wanted me 20 years ago. God had a lot of work he had to do. And she's told me the same thing. God is a refiner. He's a God who brings us to the right moments. And sometimes it takes scars to get us where we got to go. I hope that today you haven't seen David and Aaron. I really, really do. Our prayer has been that we would just share our story just because it's our context, but it's nothing special. It's just our story. I hope you don't see that, but instead, what I want you to walk out of here saying is not, man, that was a great story, but man, that's a great God. <laughs> it's a great God who could see us 10, 12 years ago and say, neither one of them know it yet. <laughs> They're going to walk through lots of pain. Family's going to be divided. She's going to sit up in the middle of the night and she's going to pray for those babies. She's going to beg for things to just be like they used to be. And her kids are going to look at her and say, Mommy, why has this got to happen? And 
she's going to have to cling closer to Jesus than ever. And she found him. <laughs> she found him there every time. Those are the scars that we're thankful for. Yeah, I think when I look back on the scars that I have, I mean, we live in a broken world, y'all. We all have scars. There's so many things in our lives that we don't understand and we have to go through. And I think for me, looking at the scars that I have, it's remembrance for me of what God has brought me through. Come on, that's good. Um, it is remembrance of the person that I used to be and the person that I am now. I am not the same. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Um, it was hard. It was not easy. I didn't like it. It was not fun. But now I can see that all of that sorrow all of that pain has like broken me into the peace that I'm walking in today. Peace, y'all. Peace. Only the God of the universe can do something like that. Only. And He loves you just like that. So intimately. So preciously. I just... I want you to understand that He hasn't left you. He's been there the entire time and He's just watching and waiting for you to say, you know what? I can't do this on my own. I cannot do this on my own. Bring it all to Him and leave it there because those sorrows that you have can certainly give birth to peace. This morning as... This band sings this song. I want to invite you to come up to the front if you want to. If you don't mind, let's stand down here too. Maybe we can pray with some folks. But I want to invite you just to bring your scars to Jesus this morning. 